straight from the playbook of uh, play from Kid and Play. Man, that's I wasn't expecting to use the word play that many times. It's the Going Off Podcast with Rap Critic and Muse. My man Muse just told me some very interesting news. Uh, Katy Perry, who uh, y'all may know, uh, released an album called Witness uh, either a year or a year and a half ago. Leading up to the album, though, I remember there was a really big thing that uh, she was live streaming for a whole week to uh, broadcasting her therapy session, talking with celebrity guests. Uh, there was, like, cooking with Gordon Ramsay, and these people were teaching her yoga, and this was all a very big introspective, you get to know her better. She was really wanting this album to be, like, the most personal thing she'd ever put out, so she wanted you to get to really know her. And the album was kind of DOA. It tanked. Uh, critics tore it apart immediately. Uh, the singles didn't perform very well. And now, after all this time, Katie is coming out and saying that she was heartbroken that the album didn't perform better, which... I can understand, especially when you do put that much of your time and energy and supposedly passion into a project, to see it flounder is kind of disappointing. I've been there. I think anyone who has created any type of art or anything along those lines has felt that way. But while I was looking up people's takes on that initial story, I came across another story saying that Katy Perry was announcing her return to Christianity. I don't really know how to interpret that, but all I'm saying here is the timing is a bit suspect. I don't know if she wants to be a Christian recording artist. I think she's just returning to, like, the spirituality of Christianity. It probably won't reflect in the music. Posted on 420 Blaze It 2017, posted on CBN News, it says, Music superstar Katy Perry denounces her devoutly Christian upbringing. So that happened over a year ago. Then earlier this year, there's an article where Katy Perry was trying to buy this four, this eight-acre former covenant that um, was owned and run by nuns uh, some time ago. And there was this legal dispute over whether or not she could legally um, own this property. And in the middle of the lawsuit, one of the nuns involved, she collapsed and died in the courtroom. And now, fast forwarding just a few months, Katy Perry returns to Christianity after meeting the Pope. Katy Perry the pop-singing sensation who was raised by charismatic, evangelist parents and is best known for her song about kissing a girl. I don't know about that. I think she's had bigger hits since then. Claims to have returned to her, quote, Christian faith. Oh, I get it. This is, this is an art, this article is trying to uh, put its own bias in there about, you know, she had a song about kissing a girl and now she wants to return to her, quote, in quotes, Christian faith after meeting the Pope of Rome. The, yeah, look at this. The pro-choice and pro-sodomy celebrity who has said that Hillary Clinton was her hero claims that after her meeting... What is this website? (laughs) The (laughs) pro-sodomy... Like, that was one of her fucking talking points whenever she goes on to a, like, uh, uh, goes on to a talk show. 
Uh, I just want to let you know, uh, I'm totally about butt fucking. You know, anytime you guys want to do that. <laughs> I got a whole song on um, my album about butt stuff. Yeah. All right, Ellen. So what are we doing? <laughs> right after this commercial break. <laughs> um, claims that her meeting with the pontiff was so life changing, it brought her back to the faith. Right after her album tanks and, you know, people don't want to hear the pop shit anymore. Oh, what a coincidence, I'm sure. Another quote here. She fell in liberty and freedom outside the stifling Christian environment. However, she told Vogue, I'm not Buddhist, I'm not Hindu, I'm not Christian, but I still feel like I have a deep connection with God. I pray all the time for self-control, for humility. There's a lot of gratitude in it. Just saying thank you sometimes is better than asking for things. Okay. You know. I can get behind that, because I'm not... Nothing wrong with that. I'm not a spiritual person myself. You know, I don't claim to belong to any uh, sect of religion, so I could actually, uh, I can relate to that. However, things changed for Perry recently when she had the opportunity to meet Pope Francis. Okay. Uh, Speaking of the Pope, she says, I'm such a big fan of Pope Francis, which is funny, because if she's a fucking pro-sodomy pop sensation... She should actually read into some of the things Pope Francis has said um, against uh, against the queer community and against transgender people and how he is so not the progressive icon that people make him sound like. Oh, I'm sure he brought she brought it up in the meeting. I'm sure. It is a combination of compassion, humility, sternness, and refusal. He is a rebel. A rebel for Jesus. He is bringing the church back to humility and connecting with people. He's very humble. And not frivolous. Oh, okay, this seems like just more of Katy Perry talking about the Pope and less... Talking about her Christian experience. Yeah, like, like what was the thing that made her go like, man, you know, when I was out in Paris, like, I saw a homeless guy on the street and I was just like, oh my God, what have I been doing with my life? You know what I'm saying? Like, there's no moment like that. She's just saying, I met the Pope and he is very humble and not frivolous. What? Uh, not for what what who thinks that the pope is who, like who would possibly think that he is frivolous that's a weird word to use to describe like uh you know it doesn't mean like of a trivial nature it's just like i, I mean i'd assume a fucking pope doesn't just want to talk about pokemon all day like yeah i'm sure i'm sure he's got some important stuff to say what did they say in this conversation or was this just a photo op and oh lives changed around so that you can have little stories peppered like this, so that when she puts out the, the, I'm a Christian now record, then it'll be like, oh, didn't you see? You know, she said that she changed her life around here, here, and here. Here's why I'm thinking it's a bunch of bunk, pardon my French. The only articles I'm seeing that are talking about this are like the Christian Post and Pulpit and Pen. These are all just strictly Christian news sites that are grasping onto anything to try to make an article out of this, like, even back in April, American Idol judge Katy Perry returns to Jesus? Singer shares Christian message on Instagram. That was back in April. Like I said, I don't mean to be dissing someone if she is having a genuine journey, but as someone who is like, you know, all I can go off of is what you're doing, and when you happen to be doing it, it's like, hmm, alright. And like I said, it's not like she's saying, like, man, this was my story, and... You know, I've been visiting these people. I've been talking to, like, you know, scholars and things like that. It's, I did a photo op with the Pope, and now I'm a little bit more 
about spirituality, this just feels like another coat for Katy Perry. You know, because remember before when she was like, oh, I'm super woke now. But it's just like, okay, um, so where were you when the Black Lives Matters conversation was popping off? And you could have been a, you know, white female voice to say something about it right when it was starting. And you don't act like you didn't hear about it because you're talking about it now as if you were cool all, all along. Now that it's getting traction and now that it's about team resistance and all this sort of stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, I will say that, yeah, Katy Perry never said anything specific, unlike Selena Gomez, who we never even mentioned this. But someone asked Selena Gomez some time ago uh, how she felt about Black Lives Matter, and she basically responded with, like, I don't follow this shit, uh, hashtags don't mean shit to me, and was basically kind of did the whole both sides bullshit about how, like, she didn't really know if one side was better than the other, because she's like, you know, you can say you don't know, and that you that you don't have the, 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 uh, the facts or the information, but she just kind of responded in kind of like a she kind of, like, snapped in a response of, like, she was just sick of hearing about it because she didn't know what it was about. At least that's honest. At least it's just like, dude, I just don't know. Like, I'm fucking Selena Gomez. I'm a millionaire. I got shit to do. I'm sorry. I don't, it's not in my purview. Like, it's, it, that would be a selfish answer, but at least it would be an honest one. You know? Like, I'm sorry. We can't care for every fucking cause out there. Instead of, like, getting angry, which I, I feel like she at least, from what I'm hearing from you, she at least was just honest about it, being like, look, dude, you want all us actors to be, uh, uh, you know, political voices and da-da-da-da, and it's just like, when you, like, you're saying all this stuff, but it's like, that's not what you really want, you just want me to be in the next, you know, song, the next movie, the next thing that makes you dance. Why the fuck are you bothering me for this, you know? In an interview where Brandon Urie of Panic! at the Disco came out as pansexual, that was the headline that got everyone's attention. But in that interview, this person just starts asking about, like, what about all this, like, Bill Cosby shit and the Me Too movement? And what do you think about cancel culture? I'm sure it's not what he expected the interview to be. He was like, I, I don't know, man. And he kind of gave a tone-deaf, ignorant answer on the thing. They were asking him about cancel culture, and he brought it around to uh, people were protesting the NFL over players kneeling. And he brought it back around to people protesting Roseanne over her tweet and kind of compared the two. Ah, uh, yeah, he is trying to play both sides. Saying, we're toying with people's careers here either way. We kind of need to be more careful. And didn't seem to understand the weight uh, and the importance of what Roseanne tweeted and kind of just muddled the messages between the two. Yeah, that is the problem. And, and the thing about him is, like, guys like him, who are, you know, really rich, they're already at the top, they don't have to worry about anything, you know, they're not thinking about how their words get heard by people who are just coming to this conversation, and they think, oh, well, here's, you know, and of course, it's stupid, no, you should not be taking your political advice from Brandon fucking Yuri, but still, you know, that's what happens, the more voices that are out here trying to make it seem like, oh, the racists are the exact same people who want the racists to stop beating them. Like, yeah, it's exactly the same argument. If <laughs> we're all just arguing over whatever, it's like, no. You know, that type of discussion would be like, how much money should we be donating to our Department of Defense as opposed to, you know, Department of Agriculture? Like, maybe we can have those little discussions of like, well, I feel like this is more important. Well, I feel like this is more important. No, this is literally about like, you know, 
disrespecting people's racial identities and making racist rhetoric normalized. That's the shit that Roseanne Barr was saying. It wasn't just, I have opinion about the 3% tax bill and and everyone's saying, oh, fuck her because we disagree. No, it's so-and-so looks like an ape. Like, that's not just an opinion. That is racism. I think it goes back to people just want to think that all these pop celebrities and everyone think the same hashtag resistance way that everyone generally does. And back in the day, if you wanted to go on bullshit Bill Maher's Politically Incorrect or his dog shit show that he has now, and you want to talk about issues, then you put yourself in that situation, right? But now, if you're just being approached for an interview, and you got a new album out, and you want to tell the world um, about your sexuality, and you want to get that off your chest, and now all of a sudden, you're being roped into a discussion about the Me Too movement and cancel culture. It's like, I don't know if you necessarily signed up for that. So, it's like, yeah, we can judge them for their ignorant stance on things, but also I think it's important to think about were they prepared for that? Yeah, he didn't come out here saying, yeah, I, you know what I want to talk about today? You know, it was probably like, shit, I hadn't thought about it. And I get, and again, you know, we have this idea of like, when someone asks you that question that one time, oh, that must be your stance forever and ever, amen. Here's where I draw the line. If the liberals are saying, hey, why are you finding these NFL players? And at the same time, fire Roseanne, they're doing the exact same thing that the conservatives are doing. Yeah, this is... Because you're not giving context to why, you know, people are saying fire Roseanne. Because, again, you're acting like it's just, what? You're, they just want to fire because they disagree with her opinion. No, it's, like, it's rhetoric that is dangerous. But someone like him doesn't sound like someone who's like, oh, I mean, again, could be, maybe, I don't know someone's heart. But unless he's, you know, out and out fucking doing the Nazi fucking salute. Like, all I could say is, he just seems like someone who's just not very well educated on it and... It's okay to not be educated on it and just be like, oh, shit, I'm sorry, I didn't realize the severity. I'm fucking doing shows and I got stuff to do. I, I, I wasn't expecting to be a political fucking pundit. Right, and at the end of the day, he is a cis white guy. And I'm gonna say, like, I think it's important to note, because people get on my back all the time when I bring that up, but even if he is a queer individual, right? Like, queer people can be wrong about shit, too. You know, like, I think, I think people get the misconception that when I say that on the show when I specify that someone is straight, white, or a male, that I'm critiquing the whole group for that. And I'm not. It's about the perspective. It's about the life experiences. And if if this guy just happens to check off queer, that's okay. But that doesn't mean he's going to be the most knowledgeable about and, black experience. And the thing is, we all have blind spots. And because you're not fully informed on something, I think what we end up doing is if someone wasn't as informed as we are, as woke as we are about something, yeah, we end up doing stuff like, oh, yeah. It, well, ah. See, this is hard because this is definitely someone trying to t- speak out both sides of his mouth and look like he's a moderate by saying, oh, look, I don't you know, go on either side. You know, this is someone who said something that is demonstrably racist. And so it's like, and, and, and don't say, oh, you're just flinging around the racist word. No. She said that, uh, do I need to pull up the tweet? You know what I'm saying? She said she looks like an ape. You heard her response, her flying off the uh, handle, singing uh, like she might be on I some medication right now. Was light. Oh my Look, god. I-, I will 100% judge Roseanne for her tweet, but I'm gonna say that video is not someone who is, um, 
in the right state of mind. I'm just going to say that. I, I don't know if, I don't know what's going on in Roseanne's personal life, but she seemed like she may have been under an influence of some kind, because that doesn't seem like the response that someone just calmly in an interview would uh, would have. But going back briefly to, to tie this whole up about, uh, to tie this whole thing up about Katy Perry is that on the surface, it does seem a bit suspect that she would uh, pick now to bring up any sort of return to uh, her Christian roots or anything. But I'm glad we looked up these stories because it seems like these folks in particular who want an ally so bad, almost like going back to how uh, the folks on the right were so happy that Kanye was all of a sudden a free thinker of sorts that they're willing to latch on to Katy Perry and say, "Ooh, look, she's so willing to jump back on our side now. We got to we got to embrace this. But mainstream media is like, yeah, this isn't a fucking story because it's whatever. And I think the reason that it isn't so much of a story is because Katy Perry, for better or worse, has kind of built a reputation on being someone who does do sort of publicity stunts. I mean, just just going back to the fucking week-long live stream for the album. So you can't blame us for thinking that her saying this is just another one of those things. Or it could very well be a realistic, personal return back to some type of spiritual roots, but it seems like she's never got off that boat. It seemed like she was always that sort of like, like deeply spiritual but not necessarily assigning it to a specific religion so it doesn't really seem like a whole lot has changed and i think people are just kind of making it a bigger deal than it really is okay so here's my thing you know about the whole james gunn thing right yes yes man i think that if someone is not currently promoting the sort of rhetoric that they uh, uh may have promoted a couple such and such years ago I think when they're called out, what should happen is, I mean, if they agree, if they have changed, right? That's the big thing. We have this, I really think we have this thing of like, someone was bad at one point and they are now cursed forever. You know, because like, uh, I remember someone was talking about, it was someone who's like a, people will call it quote unquote social justice warrior, but like when they were a teenager they posted some, like, edgelord shit or something like that. And they were like, yeah, the reason why is because I was 14 and 15, and I thought that, you know, oh, yeah, don't care about the world, don't give a fuck, da-da-da-da. And it's like, but since then, I don't push that message, and I'm actively pushing against that message. You don't have to forgive me for things I say. I mean, like, you don't know that person. But I think you should look at what they have done since then and weigh how you think of them now against that. That's how I feel. Like I said, Roseanne was racist 10 years ago, and she was racist last week. The deal with James Gunn is that this came up six years ago. The exact same tweets were brought up six years ago. Probably when he was named to be the director of the first Guardians, or maybe even before that. I guess that was would have been before that. And he apologized. Uh, people got past it. They didn't make a big deal about it. They were like, all right. And he he admitted fully that, you know, they were fucked up and wrong and they should have been deleted and he didn't stand by the stand by those uh, talking points or those jokes anymore. The only reason it's coming back again now is because it's being led by your alt-right 4chan Mike Chernovich folks who are doing it in bad faith. See, that's the that's the issue. If this was some seriously some people who saw these rape jokes, these pedophilia jokes and were affected and they were victims of rape or victims of pedophilia 
and they were like, this is fucked up, this is wrong, he shouldn't have said these things, then yeah, it's 100%, it's like they have every right to, to uh, come forward and say that they were offended. But when it's people that are doing it out of bad faith just to get someone fired, then that's not something I can get behind. I said some horribly offensive things a long time ago, but since then I've been trying to be very active in um, apologizing for that shit, denouncing that shit, I've got rid of any trace of that shit, because that's not who I am anymore. And I don't want people to go online and look that shit up and think that's who I am today. And for someone who has, maybe didn't think to delete that shit, that is a mistake. But to not delete it doesn't mean that he still stands by it exactly. It's probably just not what you'd think about. Because, I mean, if you're a director of multi-million dollar franchises, your fucking Twitter account probably isn't your biggest priority, especially <laughs> tweets from a decade ago. You wouldn't really think about that shit. I, I feel like there is a bit of a problem with that, with the idea of, like, in and of itself, just, like, someone did something problematic, canceled. You know, because it's just like, well, then are we trying to learn from anything, or are we just going back to the, the punishment, uh, uh, you know, just someone does wrong and we punish them thing that fu has fucked up our entire prison system at the current moment. People going back to jail multiple times because when they get out of jail, well, no one wants to hire them. And so it's just like, hey... I'm not that racist person anymore, but oh no, no one who's uh, not within that uh, racist circle wants to have me on their show to let me explain. Oh, but the uh, conservative alt-right guy will have me on his show. Ugh, shit. Uh, fuck it. You know what? The, uh, this is the only audience I'm going to be able to get. I need to get a fucking paycheck. Fine. I'll fucking go. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like that's how that shit happens. So I, I caution the people who are like, yo, let's cancel that. Let's cancel that. Yo, if they're unrepentant and an asshole, yeah, fuck them. But if it's someone, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, let's have discretion. If it's someone who obviously it does not think that way, then let's be like, all right, cool. Let's, uh, yeah, you're, you're all right. Well, let's have the conversation move over. We're going to keep an eye on your ass, you know, in case you do some dumb shit again. And we're going we to correct your ass. But this is like, no one's born with their eyes open, right? Like, you know, it's like you have to have experiences that make you go, oh, shit. Oh, okay, I didn't understand that. This week on the Going Off Podcast, I want to say this is a first time ever. We are reviewing two albums by the same artist in chronological order as to see if there was any growth uh, in the artist's uh, progression as he went. We're talking about Kyle, Super Duper Kyle, starting first with his album Smile, requested by B-Hop, on Patreon, and if there's an album that you want to request, just head over to our Patreons, patreon.com slash rapcritic, or patreon.com slash muse for details. And we're also talking about Light of Mine, which came out just earlier this year. Darren, what did you think of Smile by Kyle? Dude, can I straight up just say this right now? If this is where, like, pop rap is going, I'm all about it. Oh, oh, you have no idea how happy I am you said that. <laughs> I was, I was like, oh no, oh no. But dude, abso-fucking-lutely, I'm here for it. <laughs> oh my god. First of all, I just want to say his style, like his voice, like it always sounds like he's smiling. See, I, I think that might happen to be because it sounds like he has a big tongue. 
You, you think that's it? It only sounds like it's taking up a lot of space in his mouth. I think it's. I think it's. I don't think that's something he can control. <laughs> but no, I, I absolutely agree. It does sound like that. Oh my god, this music is cotton candy. You can hear the the bright lights and the colors of the fireworks and oh my goodness. Remember that whole thing with Lil Uzi Vert, and I was like, you know, he did that one music video that kind of looked like anime, and it seems like lately there's a big thing of like playing up the weirdness of, you know, the newer, younger batch of artists. I think it's because, like, a lot of them like that type of shit, and they're being able to, like, interject more of the personality and interests into their art now. Yeah, and it's like, you know, but there's a difference between someone, you know, doing a cool sort of uh, homage to their favorite type of music and fucking Soldier Boy doing, you know, anime swag. Bitch, I look like Goku. You know what I mean? Like, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Is Soulja Boy was really into that shit. So it's yeah, like, for yeah, a guy who... But he's still a bad rapper. Yeah, so. he couldn't fucking put it across. It's like, damn it. He really had the passion there, but he still didn't know what to do with it. I was listening to this. I could not stop smiling. Kyle got me to smile, damn it. He did his job. <laughs> but here, here's the thing. Like, <laughs> going off of... You know what's funny? Last week, you're listening to Tupac, and are like, oh, man, I'm tired of all this death and destruction of suicide, all this stuff. Jesus, man, like, we got needs more fun. And, like, a blessing from above. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle comes out with his one gold tooth smile. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, hey, guys, I got something for you. Oh, my God. When Don't Want to Fall in Love Ooh. comes in, and it's exactly the sample you think it is, but oh. it's slightly sped up. I was like... I see you! That sample was used so fucking well. That, oh my, ah, the fucking beats I, on this album dude, are so good. it almost knocked me over. Like, yeah. oh my god. <laughs> so good. Dude, I hate that it took us this long to talk about Kyle after we talked about him in the uh, freshman class of last year. It took us over a year. Look, even, even really, yeah, which at first I didn't you care for. You know what for. it is. Yeah, when you hear it, you know exactly what it is. This is the lead single sort of song. Like, this is the, you know, my battle rap song that lets him know to not mess with me. Like, all right, all right. But even that, like, after a while, I I couldn't I couldn't help it. I was right going around. Really? Really? Yeah, really? Really? Yeah, I couldn't help it. He, he's absolutely <laughs> right when he's like, uh, my worst shit is good. It's like, dude, this probably is the worst song on the album, and it's still really good. <laughs> oh, and what I love is the interjection from that chick, who's just like, really, really? Now, nah, fuck no, this is corny, my name. Like, <laughs> no one's gonna oh! be singing along to this shit. This shit corny, yeah. <laughs> That's exactly how I was feeling, and then the song fucking turned it around. It was like, no, you're you're gonna like this. Isn't that awesome? Like. <laughs> Oh my god, like, that that's some balls right there. But then, here's the thing. Kyle is all smiles, right? Till you get to remember me. The thing is, he's still smiling, but there's, like, that sort of, that sort of, uh, I'm pretending that I'm pretending that I'm, you know, letting on that I know less than I think I know. You know, that sort of, like, mm. oh, like, uh, literally, to give you an example, he says, um, this song's about his dad. I didn't need the money, man. I just wanted the card. But you was always busy or like somewhere hella far. And ever since I made it, it seems like you never are. Oh, that's weird. Oh, when Chance. That that chorus is perfect. That chorus is just fucking perfect. Like, I, there's nothing to say about it. It was just a perfect fucking chorus. 
like, holy God. Oh my God. And, and, oh man, what do you, so, you know, this whole, this whole album, it's been giving you good vibes, nothing but good vibes. And then you get like the fucking heart is that second verse. Where he starts talking about his, you know, insecurities, and then he goes like, "Yeah, look, the happy rapper's not so happy now." And it's like, now I remember when I used to laugh out loud. Nowadays, I only LOL through text because I don't want to talk. Don't touch me. I don't want to feel like the way he. There's like I said, his per his voice is so perfect because it's so like it has that happy feel to it, and then when the mask sort of cracks and drops, you like your ear like hears for it and you and you know what i mean you go like whoa 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 whoa, that changed and when he says that like don't touch me i don't want to feel i was like oh whoa. you know what i mean yeah yeah and oh my god straight up and down i'm just gonna say it he's the new slick rick bro oh shit he's the rap game slick rick. hey young world it's the new slick rick <laughs> yo do what it does Mm. Dude, it, that shit right there dude. oh my god when he fucking at like halfway through the track and it sounds like he's like not rapping anymore he's like Haha. and then he just kind of kept rapping and i was like oh snap. like it sounded like he was just just doing like the shout out at the end of the track sort of thing but then you're listening it's like wait he's still flowing oh my god he's still going oh shit <laughs> I, I do want to correct myself though about really yeah being the worst one. What was which was the one where he where he drove where he beat that horse <laughs> that fucking as would give a shout out to Jesus. That was the song. That was that one dude. It he was needed in the of it. he needed to <laughs> cut that shit out. That got old it. so fucking fast. I loved it. It was hilarious. <laughs> hey Jesus, I want to give a shout out to Jesus and over there Jesus and uh, oh yeah, my uh, my boy J Dog in prison, but uh, he goes by <laughs> Jesus. I was like, oh, f- all right, dude, you're fucking testing my patience with this. <laughs> <laughs> that shit had me rolling. Like that was really one of those. He's. He's really not going to stop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, overall, though, man, like, I think I wish it didn't open with the force because I don't think that's as strong. Yeah, that is the least memorable track. Like, I forgot that one existed. But the- <laughs> and, it's, and, and because of the way he does kind of talk, it's almost like he's saying the voice. He's like, I got the voice. I got uh-huh, it's like, hmm? yeah. what's that? But um, but fucking feels good. Summertime Soul. Dude, I'm saying this straight up now. Summertime Soul is a better summer jam than either of the songs Gambino just dropped. Straight. I, I was thinking about that shit. <laughs> I hate to say it. <laughs> Our boy yeah, kind of dropped the ball there. But don't want to fall in love. All of this, really, yes. Uh, super duper hero. Even the part where he kind of drops the the D word, which is kind of pointless. In the context, it was kind of nah, all right. Like, I, I don't want to seem hypocritical here when I'm like, I don't like when people say the F word, but I'm more I'm more accepting when people say the D word. But I think people aren't nearly as hateful when they use the D word. Like, like on the next album, he has fucking Kalani on the album who is gay so he's not and they bring it up yeah like he's clearly not homophobic and it was in a way that kind of threw me off too but yeah let's get back to yeah yeah um i thought overall smile was a more memorable upbeat poppy experience than than his second album Ah, okay. But I'm not saying I didn't like it. I'm just saying, like, I was way feeling 
Smile more. And for Smile, I'm thinking like... I'm thinking like somewhere between a four and a four and a half uh, for me. Because there weren't really that many low points. It's just that some songs are more memorable than other ones. For me, man, I, I gotta give it a five. I, I can't... Like, I re- there was no song that I was like, I don't like it. You know, like, his personality is fucking infectious. Like, you just can't... Like, you can't... I dare you to listen to this album and not smile. Like, <laughs> you know, at least at one point. And so, uh, we decided to jump ahead for this next one, not wait a year. Right, yeah, we're Let's doing that shit now. Light of mine. <laughs> Even though we're still, like, a month late, but still. Yeah, yeah better late than never, I suppose. Uh, Light of Mine. Way. <laughs> Light of Mine by Kyle came out just earlier this year. Lead single with Kalani, um, featuring the, uh... The I Spy single with uh, Lil Boat and a good bit more of Lil Boat throughout the oh, album. More, more about him in a second. <laughs> I, I, I want to ask you straight up, how did you feel about the, the running narrative with Lil Boat as, uh, as Kyle's uh, conscience? This is going to make me very... Oh. I liked it. Oh. I'm sorry. I know it was You were here stupid. for a Lil Boat. It was so dumb <laughs> i couldn't help it like when both of them were just talking to her like i like there's no there's no honest bigger thing going on here and you know the the little boat trying to act like he's just that guy is kind of like i don't believe that you're not that guy like you know you know when he says like i mean i don't have problems i'm little yachty like Where's your fucking album talking about your insecurities boat we have the song ups and downs man yeah First song, and I think it is a, it's a fucking masterpiece of a fucking song. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, it's good. All right, it's really good. <laughs> it's a good fucking introduction. I don't know what to say. Like it, go, it literally it call it's called ups and downs, and it literally takes you through his emotion. Like emotionally, you get his ups and downs. Yeah, you, you. He talks about like you know eight months ago. You know, uh, I was having a mental breakdown. Now I've got a hit song. Like. Fucking life just moves. How that shit just happens, yeah. Yeah, like, so, uh, and then I love that lyric where he says, uh, you can smile even if you broke, yo. You could be a button or a boat. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I was like, all right, he's riding for his bro. He's riding for his bro. (laughs) What what did he fucking say in that interview? I always forget the line. Uh, Bro. Chill. <laughs> Chill. Like the laugh of like, I can't believe how fucking hard you're taking this shit right now. You gotta like, calm you the fuck down. It's like, we don't know each other. Why are you so angry at me? <laughs> it's, it's what makes me fucking believe the whole like, all this negativity shit. You gotta leave that in the past. Like, that totally is who fucking, that's a little boy's deal. You know, like, I hate that I don't like his music more, because... Yeah, right? Personally, he seems like a really cool dude. Like, fucking, like, like Vert. He's not as cool as Vert. Like, every video I see of Lulu's Vert makes me love him that much more. Like, singing along in the car to his own shit, like, geeking out of his over, over, over his own stuff, and just seeming like a really relatable dude, who's just, like, all about, like, feeling himself all the time. But I don't like the music as much, it's unfortunate. But here you have Kyle, who is kind of on that same level about, like, just, like, feel-good shit. But he's got two great fucking albums under his belt already. And 
Light of Mine, especially with that first track, is such a great sequel follow-up to like let you know like where this guy is at like for the last three years like how he's been and how uh how i spy has kind of changed his life i was surprised it was even on this album especially how it says like even says it on the track it says this is just one of the throwaways yeah yeah i figured it was gonna be like oh it's probably not gonna be there and then oh okay yeah well you know they had to put this in for the album you know yeah like they sell a couple more units you know it feels like when they put uh formation at the end of Lemonade. It's like, I didn't think they were or, going to, but I guess it helps that they did. Or like when they put, uh, what was that song? Uh, with Cardi B. Oh, yeah, when they put Bodak Yellow on there. It's like, this song's been out for like, I'm pretty sure like over a year at this point. Yeah, it was like, we gotta move those units. It's like, yeah, but you got fucking rings, and I like it, and be careful. Like, these are all really big singles. You didn't need, I guess they didn't know. You know, but yeah, like yeah. on this one, it's like I think they had no idea how big I like it was gonna be. I don't think. No, I, I fucking hear "Be Careful" on the radio around here more than uh, I like wow. it. Wow. Oh man, no, I can't escape. I like it. I still think that fucking album's good, <laughs> even though again, I don't like her personally. But like on this one, <laughs> "Playing with Me" with Kalani is like. I don't know how much radio play it's getting, but it is such a strong single that it is one of my favorites. It is baffling me that some of these songs are not number one. Babies? That should be the number one song on the radio station right goddamn now. With Alessia Cara. Mm, yeah. The fucking glorious Oof. Alessia Cara. Jesus Christ. <sighs> fucking like, coming through I, with the features on here. Not one is wasted. Nah. I mm. will say, like, if this was the the sa- on the soundtrack to the new Rugrats show... I would rock oh, with yeah. it. I would give it a chance. Fucking you know? Carlson, he needs the theme to the new Rugrats. And is he not that guy? Like, he is so that guy to do that. Dude, you if, know you, what I mean? if you go on Spotify right now and you look up Kyle and you look up his singles, he has a song in there called In The Mix, I think. And it's a song sponsored by McDonald's. And it's about, like mixing your drinks and stuff like that and they they reached out to him to fucking write the song about it and dude you don't even care that he's talking about mcdonald's and that he's talking about the sodas or whatever it's such a fucking bop that you don't even care that it's a goddamn corporate sponsored single you're just like i would listen to this regularly i don't care that this is essentially a two and a half minute commercial and um oh my goodness though but we got to talk about ship trip you can hear the smile that he's trying to keep in his voice and then when it cracks at that one point at the end of the second verse, Mama moved to Vegas. I, I just hope she comes back now. Only way I'll see my cousin Dame is through the glass. Try to tell that nigga jokes. He ain't even laugh. Damn, I guess I'm not funny like that. Oh, that hurt. And then at the end when he starts singing, it's like, a lot of my loved ones save me. If you know a place, please take me, take me. And then like when he says it the second time, the crack in his voice it's just so perfect that it's just like, like, it just sounds like they cut that off right before he started fucking crying, man. Like, you can't tell me he was not about to goddamn cry. Then you have songs like Ikuyo, which, oh, yeah. god damn it, can we make this happen? We gotta get some more K-pop, we gotta get some more J-pop. I wanna hear more of this. So Two- fucking catchy, oh my god. Woo! Sophia Black, Two Chains, and Kyle. Who knew? A weird <laughs> fucking combination. Who would have guessed? Like, oh my 
God, I want to blast this shit down the block right goddamn now. Which song was it? Oh, wait a second. I think I'm getting them confused again. Was it on Smile or was it on Light of Mine that at the end of the track had like this sweet fucking like 8-bit video game music? Oh, that's right. It was at the end of uh, Don't Want to Fall in Love. Yeah, yeah. And I was so mad. I was like, please let this be its own song. And it was just a little, it was like, man, fuck, I wish it would have rapped over that. That's such an awesome, fun beat. But it was like, yeah, it's just a little, here's something for you. And 2 chains, Man. He always comes uh, through with the features, man. I'm telling I you. Was list- I was like, I can swear to God this guy used to be whack. Like, I swear to God, <laughs> yeah, you you're, you're had a hard time remembering, though. <laughs> Did I dream him sucking? <laughs> I could have sworn. At the end of the first track, all of a sudden you hear a bunch of gunshots and you hear Lil Boat, Lil Boat, Lil Boat, like all out of time, just sounded really weird. And I was just like, uh oh. What's happening? Like, I got I got that feeling in the pit of my stomach. He's like, oh no. Are we trying to like do some weird adult swim shit? Like, what the fuck is going on? Oh, yeah, we're going to get that fucking 11 and a half minute MC Chris skit. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> but they, they kept it sparse. They kept it sparse. Dude, um, I complain all the time about how long the fucking skits go. They did it on Logic. They, I, In my opinion, they did it on Prince Paul. They did it right on this one. They kept it to right? the fucking point. Yes. Man. It's just, hey, man. And and they did it in a way that it actually related to the songs. Right. That's all is I Is that have. so much? Yeah. Is that so hard? Just... Hey, is uh, we need a little skit to introduce the next song, and it's about having uh, problems in a relationship. Having fucking a uh, little boat just in there going, man, you sound like you're having a problem with ladies. Like, that's fine! That's fine! And and I love the whole, like, nah, nah. Like, Kyle's still trying to, like, act like he's cool. I yeah, love that. Yeah. The personality on this album, I can't talk enough about it. It's so fucking like, awesome. Like, I would watch a fucking YouTube show with these two guys. Like, I would. I think I would, dude. Yeah, oh my goodness. Like, I, I, they work off of each other. Yeah. Um, what was it? Uh, this album is bursting with personality. That's the thing that I, I wrote down. This is bursting. Every song feels like it has its own identity. Uh, you know, whenever he does do the sort of comedic, dark sarcasm, I, I, it stabs through, like, the meaning stabs through the music because everything is so, like, tightly just happy everything is so fucking you know the beginning of the lego movie you know what i mean and, <laughs> yeah but then you get that like sharp wit that actual pain and and this is like this is why i have to smile because i I'm, I'm not gonna let this get me you know and oh my god man dude this is an awesome fucking album i cannot believe oh my god <laughs> dude like you just got me thinking about it i'm looking at the cover of light of mine where it's like it's kyle and he's got all this colored lighting around him. It looks like he's in the middle of a ContraPoints video. Yeah. And he's just kind of got like a mm, kind of look on his face. Like, if you're surrounded by that kind of like light and energy, you'd imagine he'd be happy. But nah, just kind of. It is mm. interesting that the last album is called Smile, and this album is him not smiling. Yeah, and it looks like he's <laughs> in an environment where you should be, but nah, I'm not. So it really does just kind of like capture that just the you know it's happy and shit but eh, not necessarily happy though you know Dude, I, straight up and down like 
I get paid tomorrow. I'm buying both of these albums. Yeah. I don't know what the hell I've been waiting on, what I've been putting off. Even the little comedy bit on here I thought did better on the last one. On uh, It's Yours? Yeah, yeah. Where it's talking about <laughs> him uh, losing his virginity, and he's just like, like, and then he's like acting like he's an ex- like he's accepting an award. He's like, <laughs> hey man, I just want to thank all my friends for sticking with me. I want to thank Genuine for being my inspiration. Where's Genuine? Come up here, Genuine. Give it up for Genuine. <laughs> what the hell are you even doing here? <laughs> that shit, like, sometimes the jokes go on too long. I, w- I was fine with the ending of that one. I thought that yeah. worked just fine. Oh my lord. And then, like, you know, you know how sometimes an album just does it. There's something about the sequencing, you know, something about the addition of the other music that just gives that extra oomph to the original track that kind of you feel like wasn't there in the original and, like, by itself. And I'll be damned. I do kind of like fucking, uh, I spy a little bit more. Although, I didn't necessarily hate it before because I did like Kyle's parts. But it was like, even then, like, by that point, I was endured to Little Yachty. And it was just like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's fucking magical. You had that Grinch like, moment where your fucking you know, heart grew four times. You know, like, okay, so I've heard that line, the fucking, like, balls and that's Like, I've heard that so many times that it's annoyed me. But, like, this time, it just, I felt that it's special. Like, Lil Yachty is like, I'm back again, eh? You know I'm that guy. And you're just like, I- I'm not even fucking mad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> God right. damn it. <laughs> Dude, if, if, uh, if Smile is, I'm gonna say four and a half, I probably would lean closer to four with this one because I did like smile a little bit more. But dude, I'm buying both of these. Absolutely. I'm recommending these so damn hard. I thought Emine was the only feel-good success story from last year's class. Kyle is right the fuck up there, dude. I'm watching the both of these so hard. But that about wraps it up for this very varied in tone episode of the Going Off Podcast. Thank you for sticking with us for the first half. Uh, for the feel-good second half. And uh, if this just happens to be your first time listening, that's quite an introductory episode. But all of our old episodes are on SoundCloud, iTunes, and YouTube. Just search Go In Off Podcast. That's G-O-I-N apostrophe off podcast on SoundCloud and iTunes. You can subscribe to the show so you can hear all the episodes as soon as they drop. You can follow us on Twitter. Check us out on Patreon. Like we said earlier, Smile was a Patreon-requested album review. And who knows if we ever would have talked about it if it wasn't for that album review. So there could be albums that you might want us to talk about that you could introduce us to. And until next week for the aforementioned Going Off podcast, I'm Muse. And I'm Rap Critic. And hey, remember to smile.